Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. I was in my room. I was sitting at the vanity. The door was behind me. I was putting on makeup in the mirror. I could hear music coming from down the hall. But my daughter was kind of coming and going and... You know, safely in the hotel room, toddling about and talking and playing with my makeup and singing. And I kept kind of hearing music coming and going and hearing her chitter-chatter as toddlers do. When you have children, you're always sort of hearing peripheral noise. And um, I kept hearing the piano, and I kept thinking it was my child, um, sort of tinkering on the piano. I, I got up from the vanity, and I, I heard the music, and I turned the corner... And I realized she wasn't at the piano. She was playing on the floor. My heart kind of jumped into my throat, but I didn't want to alarm my daughter. So we kind of, we walked into the room. The music stopped. I kind of took a deep breath and held her hand and moved out of the piano room. The next day, I heard the piano again. Francis was with me at this point. And the piano was tinkling. And I walked down the hall, and I followed the music. I was at one doorway, and there was a long corridor in front of me, and the other doorway, and then the piano. stood in the doorway. I could see the piano. I could see the piano keys. And they were playing on their own. It was like um, an invisible hand. Somebody was playing the piano. There was kind of a like a really cool, cool presence. And I felt a really cold, cool presence moving past me. The presence just kind of moved out and the music stopped. And that's when I knew a ghost had absolutely been playing the piano. <laughs> Deborah LeBlanc, author of Witch's Fury, and you're listening to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with Aaron Hunter. 
Welcome! I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron Umbright here, and it is Monday, January 6th. 2020 episode 217 how's everyone out there around the world doing man and brick looking lovely as ever yeah yeah guys we are back in the hot seat again love being here and guess what it is officially season six of the rpa main monday show and you know we couldn't have done it without you we're very flattered that you guys come here every monday and listen to the ghost stories and interviews and whatever else i may be doing but yeah season six Wow, time is just flying by, guys. How was everyone's New Year's? Anyone get in trouble out there? Oh, come on. I know someone got in trouble. <laughs> I uh, I stayed home myself. I've done it, did it, done it all, really. Except for going to New York. I need to go to New York. Uh, I mentioned that in the last episode. That's on my bucket list. Got to see the ball drop, man. How's uh, 2020 treating everyone so far? How's your New Year's resolutions coming about? You guys are going to do it this time? You're going to lose that weight? You're going to work out? You're going to do it this time? <laughs> I know it's tough, isn't it? But hey, you know, enough of that. We're going to do listener stories yet again. And for you new guys out there and everyone else out there that might be thinking about it, what we do here is we read off people's real experiences, paranormal experiences, or maybe just head scratchers, as Terry from Texas would say. And you can do that by writing in to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com. And I'll read it off on a future episode. And as far as announcements are concerned, uh, not really too much else except for a brand new episode of Aaron's Heart Show tomorrow, which is Tuesday. And also this Wednesday, another brand new show of Terry's Mysterious Moments with Terry from Texas. But yeah, yeah, you know, 2020. I, I don't know. I don't know where the time went. I have a I have a bad sense of time. <laughs> it's just things are flying by. Movies that I love, they're like 10 years old already. And I just think it's only been a few years that passed by. Anyone else have that problem? Yeah, it's amazing. But um, last Friday, we released all brand new video shows. So if you guys haven't had a chance to see that, uh, or watch them, I should say, go ahead and uh, check them out, man. Good stuff. And you can always watch the videos at realparanormalactivity.com or through... The RPA app, free app, which reminds me, those of you who uh, use Kindle, or I should say Kindle Fire, you can go to the Amazon App Store and do a search for Real Paranormal Activity, and it'll show up, the app, and you can download it through the Amazon App Store for your Kindle Fire. Yeah, I know, it's, um, I did a search on through the Amazon Store, and of course I just typed in our name, Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, slash network. And it didn't come up, and I think their search engine isn't as advanced as some of the other search engines because it should still come up. And I know what's happening is is when we uploaded the app to the Amazon App Store, we only they only gave us so many characters to name the app, if you believe that or not. And we couldn't fit Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast slash network. So we finally decided uh, what would fit is just plainly real paranormal activity. And so you actually have to do that exact search and then it will come up for you. And how you know is obviously you're going to see our aqua blue eye for the icon and that's us. So yeah, yet again, you Kindle users out there, Kindle Fire, just go to your Amazon App Store and we are there as well. And of course, everyone else, just go to your App Stores, whatever it may be. And you can do a search, and those search engines will 
find us. <laughs> so, yeah, that confused me for a little bit. And so with that, I guess that's it. Yeah, guys. So, hey, you know what? Listener stories, you know what that means. Come on. Come on. Say it with me. Oh, yeah, man. Two. The story didn't fall me right this way. No pushing, no shoving. And the fires are going. Oh, man, nice and toasty and warm. You guys know the deal. Grab a beanbag over there in the corner. I'll find an empty spot on the floor. And as always, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Get behind my desk here. And Britt. Britt gave us a packet here. And let's see what she has for us. Oh, yeah. We've got a mixture here. We've got uh, long ones and... Oh, some short ones, okay. No big deal, no big deal at all. Let me wet the whistle real quick, guys, with some green tea. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It tastes so good when it hits the lips, man. I tell you, good stuff. All right, let's get the show on the road. This first one is titled Urgent Warning, and it's by Amy. Okay, Amy, let's see what you got, man. The day that my mother-in-law passed, I was at the hospital sitting at her feet while my husband took his father home so he could make some phone calls. My mother-in-law had been in a coma for about 48 hours and it was just her and me in the room. I was very tired because I had not slept much all week. So I sat at her feet and closed my eyes. I could hear the nurses walking through the hall and talking. I felt... A presence, someone approaching, and I could feel a light movement of air. I opened my eyes, and I didn't see anything, so I closed my eyes again. The next thing I felt was a soft, warm face touch my face and kiss me on the cheek. And right then and there, I knew that it was my mother-in-law. I loved her so much, and she loved me as well. She didn't have any daughters, and she always told me that I was like a daughter to her. She had hugged me and kissed me many times, and she had the softest skin. I opened my eyes, and there was nothing in front of me. She was still in a coma state, but I was 100% sure that it was her. Now, I have heard many stories of people being touched by spirits with ice-cold hands, but in my case, she was warm. I received many warnings from my mother-in-law in in dreams, and in my dreams, she warned me of what was to come with my father-in-law, and she was 100% on the money. Now here's something that happened to my son. It was a hot Saturday afternoon in July. My husband, myself, my daughter, and son went to Baskin Robbins for ice cream. Baskin Robbins is located in a plaza with a large parking lot. And in the section of the lot, there are a few picnic tables and chairs. Beside the front door, there are two chairs, and a young couple was sitting there. My husband and son had to use the washroom, so I ordered our ice cream and went outside to grab a table for us. My daughter followed me, and we found our table. I sat at the table with my back to the ice cream parlor. This is when I heard... A voice inside of me telling me to sit facing the ice cream parlor. I hesitated, but again I heard the voice urging me to change my seat, face the store, and keep my eyes on the door. So I did, and a few seconds later in my peripheral vision I see a sporty car speeding down the parking lot coming towards the ice cream place. 
like a bat out of hell. Then I see my son alone running towards the front door. Now, my son at that stage in his development loved to run and bolt. I stood up, and all that I could do was scream the longest blood-curling scream I could muster. My son looked at me and stopped mere inches from the speeding car. The young woman sitting outside stood up and yelled, Holy crap, that was close. She had her back turned while she was talking to her boyfriend, and she didn't see my son running out. The young man driving the car didn't even stop or notice because he was using his cell phone. What happened was, after my son finished using the toilet, my husband told him to wait in the ice cream parlor while he did his thing, but the boy wouldn't have any of it. My husband was in the ice cream place walking towards the glass exterior door when this happened, so he couldn't see the speeding car. At that moment, I started shaking. I threw my ice cream out because I lost my appetite. Do you know when you're cold and your teeth chatter? That was me in the middle of a hot summer day, shaking and teeth chattering. I felt this deep, primal fear. could barely walk. We went home, and I had to get in bed to warm up and calm down. This went on for a whole week. I do wonder who was watching over us. If it wasn't for that warning, I would have lost my son that day. I thank God for sparing my boy's life, and even today, when we talk about it, I get goosebumps and that primal fear comes to the surface. I have experienced a few other times when that same voice warned me that my life was in danger. When I was a child, I could sense a person's true character and I was fearful of a few people. One of these people was an adult male that was found out to be a pedophile many years later. He never approached me in any sexual way. In fact, he was very nice to me, but I sensed something evil in him, even though I was only eight or nine years of age. Being able to read people scared me as a child, and I learned to repress, ignore, or deny it. But there has been a few times when the voice or warning became so loud or urgent that I had to pay attention and listen. My son is the same way. He is very sensitive. He can sense a person's true nature and their true intentions. I am encouraging him to listen to his gut feeling or instinct and to trust it. All my life, I stayed clear of the paranormal or supernatural, but because of what is going on in my home, I can't deny it anymore. Thank you for reading. Oh, man, that's from uh, Amy. Amy, thank you very much for sharing. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, well, you know, you're an empath. Your son's an empath. Yeah, and it sounds like uh, whatever you want to call it, many cultures have a name for it. We call it a guardian angel. You know, the Native American Indians, they call it a spirit guide. I'm sure there's many other terms all over the globe, whichever culture you're in. And, uh, yeah. I'm glad you listened to it. <laughs> and like you said, I read I read stuff about this every once in a while about empaths or not even empaths, just people that get these little you know, these little advice or like you say, voices, um, or something just telling them that, you know, something's not right here, you need to do this or do that. 
some people call it, you know, a gut feeling, like you say, or instinct, intuition, whatever you want to call it. And most of the time, you're right, or they're right. Yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, thank you very much for sharing, Amy. I loved it. All right, what do we got next? What do we got here? Yeah, guys, um, you know, I never got any voices in my head, but, you know, if I did, I'd probably have myself checked out, just in case, right? But, uh, yeah, you old-timers know the story, but I'm just going to tell it real quick. Yeah, I get, uh, every once in a while, I mean, very, 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 very rare do I, does this happen to me, but um, it, it, when it does, it just sticks with me, just because it's so rare, and it's odd, and I just, you know, I just blow it off at times, and um, like Terry, that does Terry's Mysterious Moments on Wednesdays, he calls it, you know, a head scratcher, and that's what I think of it as a head scratcher, and yeah, you know, the penny story, you old-timers know, but you new guys probably don't know this, but every once in a while, you know, very rare again, I, I remember many times where I'm like going to Walmart, right, park the car, and this was years and years ago when I have, you know, I'm still paying in cash or have cash in my pocket. Now it's all, you know, everything's through my bank card. I don't carry anything on me except for the bank card. But, yeah, you know, walking through the parking lot, and then you're, you're not even thinking about anything, but you see a penny on the ground, right? And, you know, I, I don't care about a penny, but then I get this urge at one point in time, uh, you know, pick up the penny. And, you know, I almost pick up the penny, but then I think to myself, why am I picking up a penny? You know, I don't, you know, it's a penny. Now, if it was a quarter, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll pick it up. <laughs> and so it turns out, every once in a while this happens. It's just an urge, just out of the, out of the blue. Uh, you know, I go to check out, I bring my cash out, and guess what? I'm a penny short. <laughs> and so I have to break a, a bill, right, and get some change back. So it it's just odd. When it, when that happened a few times, I just scratched my head and I just smiled at myself. It's like, I should have picked up that penny, right? I remember another time, too, is this one's really interesting. And, you know, I always, I'm always going to remember this. Is I was going to some place. I forgot where it was. But, you know, it was probably some electronics place because I like to browse around and play with the electronics, whatever it is, the latest laptop or, you know, take a look at the phones and things like that. So it was probably an electronics store of some sort. But I just remember going there, and I always take this same path to the business district uh, where, you know, I usually hang out, a bunch of stores there, right? And so I always, always take the same path. But I remember one time I was, you know, I'm going to take a left onto the street to head there. All of a sudden I got this urge to, you know, there's multiple ways to get to a location, right? You got multiple ways, and, you know, everyone has their favorite route to take whenever they're going to a store or something and I wasn't even thinking about it but all of a sudden I got this urge to you know just take this different route that I'd never ever take but I, you know it's like a second way to get to this place and you know I thought about it I said why am I even thinking about that no you know screw that it's way out of my way and the reason why I'm taking this route that I'm used to is because it's shorter I always take this route so I just went ahead and I took the route well you know it's a three uh, lane road pretty soon guess what it goes down to a two lane and then finally to a one lane it's construction there's construction all over the place and I'm stuck in traffic now and it takes me I don't know I was I remember that whole time I was thinking to myself that's freaking uh, you know uh, odd 
you know, I never thought about taking this second route, and it just pops in my head this urge. I wasn't even thinking about, you know, taking the second route. And it just popped in right then and there, and, and lo and behold, I ignored it, and now I'm stuck in traffic with all this construction. <laughs> it's just the oddest thing. All right, enough of my rambling. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, too much green tea today. Yeah, I'm low. I'm a little caffeinated. Yeah, not bad. All right, this one is, uh, oh, this one's from the Philippines. Okay. It's called A White Lady. And it's just uh, by Girl. Okay, Girl. Let's see what you got, man. When I was still small, I was just a typical kid running about, playing with other children in the neighborhood. I didn't have a clear idea of what paranormal was. It started when I was about four years old. In front of our house, there were many mango trees that stood there. I would always play there, not having a care in the world, as long as I was having fun. It was a usual day for me playing with my friends until dark. Then, as we were playing there, I saw something on the branch of the tree. It was a girl with a white dress with long hair, but it had no face. Just sitting there and somewhat looking at the direction where my friends were. I didn't get scared because I thought it was my imagination. She was just sitting there with her feet dangling and she was stroking her hair. I was just staring at her until one of my friends asked me what I was looking at. I pointed at the branch where she was. My friend told me that she does not see anything but the girl who was still there. Then, when one of my friends pushed me and said that my yaya was calling me, it distracted my attention to the girl. My yaya, who was calling me, told me to go inside the house because it was getting too late. When I came to her, I told her what I saw. She just gave me a shocked look and immediately diverted my attention. I saw her telling my parents and brother. I went to them and asked. They said it was nothing, that I should just ignore it. So being a kid, I did what they asked. But as I grew older, my brother told me that he had the same experience as I had when he was small. They didn't tell me what it was then because they didn't want me to entertain such things and they don't want me to be scared. So that was the time that I realized that I too inherited the gift in our family. And it ends that way. And that's from Girl. Girl, hey, you know, that's interesting. Thank you very much for sharing that. From the Philippines, huh? Yeah, yeah, I should know that. But I can't recall what that is. It sounds like a caregiver or a, a babysitter of sorts. I, I need a. I should know this, <laughs> but I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm coming out with a blank. But yeah, I uh, we read about this all the time where someone sees something, but other people don't. You know, I always find that fascinating. And uh, yeah, you think it's just your imagination, but you know, again, later on, you're. You know, other people in your family, your brother in this case, uh, admits to you that he too has that sort of thing happening to him. And you, this last message is pretty interesting. Uh, you inherited the gift in your family. So I take it there's other members in your family that um, have, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to call it special abilities or not, but, you know, something to do with the paranormal. Well, 
interesting stuff hey thank you very much for sharing girl all right yeah you know that, that's got to be frustrating for people out there that see these things or in this case you know it's still there and you know someone else comes up next to you and you point it out to them but they don't see what you're seeing that's got to be maddening if you really think about it and you gotta you know and of course you're probably thinking you must be nuts right crazy you're seeing stuff hallucinations right yeah it's got to be a nightmare all right what's next what do we got this one is uh, titled summer townhouse and it's by cat okay cat let's see what you got man my name is cat and i am 26 years old i just like to say that i really enjoy listening to everyone's experiences it shows that we do not walk this earth alone and something is certainly among us also i do apologize if this story is too long Ah, cat, don't worry about it. Any length doesn't matter. My experience goes back to the year 2003, when I was still a teenager. It was summer, January 2003. My family and I usually go on holidays during this time of year, so we decided this trip we would head to Warnham Bowl in Victoria. Oh, you're, uh, you're in Australia. Okay, very cool. Continuing on. I was excited as I was allowed to bring my best friend Joe along on the trip. My parents had booked the accommodation and from what I knew we were staying in a townhouse for the duration of our holiday. We had learned from the owners of the property that the townhouse had recently gone under renovations, a new kitchen, new bathrooms, etc, etc, as it was built in the 1800s. So it was nice to know we were staying somewhere fresh and newly refurbished, or so I thought. When we arrived, the townhouse had two bedrooms downstairs, one where my parents stayed and another for my little brother, a bathroom, laundry, kitchen, and a lounge room. Upstairs had another bedroom with two single beds and another bedroom with an attached bathroom. Being excited teenagers, my friend Joe and I chose to stay upstairs in the room with the bathroom and where we could be loud and not keep everyone awake with our chatting and laughing all night. The first night we slept, everything seemed okay. The second night, Joe and I were giggling and telling jokes, when all of a sudden the touch lamp we had on one of our bedside tables switched on by itself. Anyone that owns a touch lamp knows you need to use a fair bit of force to turn one of them on, and we were nowhere near it. In fact, we hadn't used a lamp at all since being at the house. Uh, Joe and I freaked out, of course, but I reached over and tapped it off which took some force also. We laughed it off, saying, Ghost! But just shrugged it off and kept on with our jokes for the rest of the night, until it switched itself on again. This time, I made Joe tap it off, and we decided to go to sleep. The third night, as I was lying in bed about to fall asleep, I heard the sound of someone opening and closing the drawers constantly in the bathroom. Too scared to get up and check, I shrugged it off thinking it must be Mum putting something in our bathroom, as there was an outside door to the bathroom, not just from our bedroom. The next morning I asked Mum if she was in our bathroom the previous night and she said no, they fell asleep before us. The fourth and final night of our holiday, my friend Tim at the time had rung me late that night and, as I didn't want to keep Joe up with my phone call, I told her I'd go to the bedroom next to us to 
chat to Tim, and if I fell asleep, I'd just see her in the morning. She basically went straight to sleep after I left our room. After talking to Tim for what felt like hours, I turned over on one of the single beds, about to fall asleep. Just as I was drifting, I heard the voice of a female and a soft voice say, Good night, Catherine. Good night. I was not dreaming this, as I was still fairly awake. I looked around the room and saw nothing out of the ordinary. Too tired to care, I once again shrugged it off, thinking maybe it was Joe. As we were leaving the next day, in the car I asked Joe if she had come to wish me good night the previous night. She replied with, are you kidding? I asked my parents and brother all the same, they said no. Joe and I then started talking about all the strange experiences we had, the touch lamp, the sound of the drawers, etc. When my dad said to my mom, should we tell them? I replied with, tell us what? I started to creep out. Mom and Dad did not want to scare us while we were staying in the house, so they decided to share their own experiences after we left. Mom and Dad were trying to watch a movie in the lounge room one night when the VHS kept ejecting the video they were trying to watch. Dad, who is great with mechanical things, checked and saw there were no faults for this to occur. It was as if something did not want them to watch their movie. Another night, when Dad had gone to bed, he left the light on so he could read his book. The light switched off. Dad said aloud, Oh, for goodness sake, can you please let me read my book at least? The light switched back on. Dad mentioned to the owners upon our leaving of the experiences we had, and the owners shared that we were certainly not the first ones there to experience such strange occurrences. I'd also like to add that all the rewiring had been done during the renovations of these houses, so there could not have been any electrical faults. I believe the spirit or spirits that may still lurk there are attached to the home that may have once been theirs. To this day, I still wonder who or what said goodnight to me on that evening. And that's by Cat. Cat, thank you very much for sharing. Loved it. And yeah, I agree with you. I think... Um, most of the time with these hauntings, whatever's there, you know, there's a history with the house. And, you know, I think you're right that whatever they are, you know, they're attached to that place. Or, you know, it could be the land. It may not be the house. You know, you, there's two different things there. Yeah, I, I, I like the story. You know, again, there's multiple people there. Your parents see something. And I love it because, uh, you know, yet again, they don't want to scare you guys. So they don't say anything until afterwards, and then, you know, you got the landlords, and they're not thinking that's anything odd. There's other things that are happening to other people. Yeah, great story. Thank you again for sharing. All right, and that is it, Britt. Okay, guys, that is all we have for today. And as always, thank you very much for coming here every Monday to listen to the main RPA show. And it is season six. Oh, yeah, man, flattered. Very flattered. Couldn't have done it without you guys. And as always, you know, this is your show. I just host it. Yeah, I know. I haven't said that in a long time. <laughs> but I hope everyone had a safe and happy uh, New Year's Eve. I hope the New Year's is going well for you so far. And don't forget, you know, tomorrow, Tuesday, a new show of Aaron's Horror Show. And then Wednesday is a new show of Terry's Mysterious Moments. And also this past Friday, the new video shows came out. And you can always go to realparanormalactivity.com to watch them or use the RPA app. 
and of course on some of the uh, major audio platforms that were on like uh, Pandora, iHeartRadio, some of those guys are able to play video so uh, you'll just have to find out if you're on one of those and play one of those video shows and see what happens. <laughs> and so I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Brittany and is also made possible by LaFosse Corporation and man we love you. Oh yeah we do. As always, thank you and good night.